Hi, this is Anna East Eden. You're listening to Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy! You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Hi, friends and listeners. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. This is host Stephen Brittingham. We are getting closer and closer to the conclusion of Season 2 here on Hollywood and Beyond. And soon after, the start of Season 3. I have to say I am so grateful for all of the wonderful, amazing, and talented folks who have visited me here on Hollywood and Beyond the past two seasons. And I most certainly thank you the listeners, all of you, are very much appreciated. To celebrate all of this, several classic Hollywood and Beyond episodes will be released, along with many new episodes as well. What is a classic episode, you may ask? Well, this is an episode from the early days of Hollywood and Beyond. When the show was first airing over on an online radio network, Clear Source Radio. At the time, the show was airing once a week, two hours, often with two guests and occasionally with just one. Many of these episodes have not been released since the show's expansion to Apple Podcasts, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts available, isn't it fun to take a look back and to see the progress that we have made over the years? I have to tell you, there is just something I cherish about these early days on Hollywood and Beyond. And today, you are listening to an episode that will feature actor John Nicholson a man I can't speak highly enough. And this interview is from the year 2017. It was season one for Murder Chose Me on Investigation Discovery. Actor John Nicholson was portraying a new role as homicide detective Rod Demery. What challenges did John face portraying a real-life individual on, on television? Well, you will find out in this incredibly in-depth conversation with John. I had not even been a host for a, a year yet. I would say about eight months into being a host. I was using recording equipment and my original microphone that I no longer use today on the show. 
John and I had an absolutely super enjoyable conversation, and it tends to get better and better as it goes along. I would like to thank John Nicholson for his visit on Hollywood and Beyond, and I certainly look forward to a second visit soon. You will hear this conversation in its original format. What an exciting way to start a stretch of classic episodes here on Hollywood and Beyond, along with, of course, all of the new episodes. And now, on to my conversation with John Nicholson. Enjoy the show. Charles Edwards? Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'm Detective Demery with the Shreveport Police Department. Come down here. I got your name from your friend, Diane Dane. She said you were with her last night at Benny's Tea Room, witnessed a fight between her and another man. Yeah, I was with her. We've got a report of a shooting in the 1600 block of Fairfield Avenue. <sighs> Anybody talk to those kids yet? No, not yet. What do we got on our victim who's shot? Well, Mr. Donald Brown, he and the victim live here together for about two years or so. What do you know about his injuries? I'm not sure if he's going to make it or not. Let's see what we got. Murder and me, we go way back. When I was a child, murder took my mother. Years later, it came for my brother. That's when I found my mission in life. Every case I worked, I solved. Every case I solved, I got a confession. I'm Detective Rod Demery. I didn't choose murder. Murder chose me. Time to introduce tonight's second guest, and I am very excited and honored to have this uh, very talented gentleman be a guest tonight on the show. He is on a program that is definitely having a big splash at the moment, uh, and what I mean by that is word is getting out about this show. I've noticed that the fan base uh, seems to be growing significantly, and uh, all of that makes perfect sense because I have viewed several episodes of the show myself, and I find it to be of very high quality. Uh, it is a very interesting program, excellent production, and great acting. That is all led by my next guest, and that would be actor John Nicholson. John, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on tonight. Hey, Steve. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, I'm very excited to speak with you this evening, and as I mentioned uh, just a moment ago, this uh, new show, Murder Chose Me, which is airing over on the Investigation Discovery Channel, really uh, becoming uh, rather popular and rather uh, quickly. Have you uh, noticed that yourself? I have to admit that uh, I, you know, just looking at the social media buzz and trend, um, it, it does seem to kind of be picking up steam. So, of course, that's, that's pretty exciting. It, 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 it seems as though um, the show is being spread now by word of mouth. People are watching it, and then they're telling their friend, girlfriend, mother, father, whatever, hey, you have to watch this show. And so I think it, it's starting to spread kind of almost grassroots style. Hey, that's great. And uh, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. I'm very impressed with your performance. And this is uh, very interesting to me because last season on Hollywood and Beyond, I, I had Carl Marino on the show, a uh, very mm -hmm. talented man, uh, had a 
wonderful time having him on the show and learning about his background and more about Homicide Hunter. And when I first heard about the program that you're on, John, I noticed, of course, some similarities. Obviously, you're portraying um, a real-life individual, um, mm-hmm. and Carl is doing the same. But this is a totally different type of character. What impresses me about the show is this is not a copycat of Homicide Hunter. Murder Chose Me has its own legs, and I notice its own style of presenting the story, the way that it's filmed, which I have to say is a very wise choice. You want to be fresh. You want to be your own program. But obviously there is a certain uh, similarity in that you're portraying a, a, a real person at a, a younger age. And I'm just wondering, uh, the, the real gentleman that you portray, um, if you wouldn't mind telling the uh, listeners out there uh, more about this fine gentleman. Sure. Um, first, let me just say one, one thing. Uh, you mentioned homicide, Hunter. Uh, obviously, this show was probably considered, it still is considered the the best show on ID and certainly the most watched. Um, and I think they're in, going into their seventh or eighth season now. I've had a chance to meet Carl. Uh, he's a really good guy. Um, and, you know, let's be clear. Without the success that Homicide Hunter enjoyed, there probably wouldn't have been an opportunity for a show like Murder Chose Me to be on TV now and enjoy some of the success that we're enjoying. So Homicide Hunter, without a doubt, um, paved the way for us. So I just want to make sure I give uh, credit where, where credit is due. Um, as for, as for Rod, uh, I play detective Rod Demery on, uh, the television series murder chose me and Rod has been in he's a homicide detective for the Shreveport police department, uh, retired now. He has an amazing uh, backstory. Um, some of it is tragic. Um, some of it is inspirational. Um, uh, he, um, when he was three years old, his mother was uh, murdered, uh, and the person, that case was never really resolved. Um, and he became very close with his older brother, Patrick. Uh, and then unfortunately, sometime later as an adult, Patrick, his Rod's brother committed a murder. And came to Rod's house after the murder, and Rod took his brother down to the police station to turn himself in. And from that kind of start, uh, Rod goes on to become this celebrated uh, homicide detective. It's almost um, it's almost Shakespearean, you know, in some in some ways that he becomes this this force to bring justice to victims of violent crime because he understands what it feels like to be one of them. And I think that's kind of his driving force and his passion um, to bring the justice to violent crime victims, the justice that he and his grandmother and his family never got for his own mother. I see. Obviously, excellent description. Thank you. And obviously, crime is personal to uh, this gentleman. Very. Yes. But on the flip side, um, when he's doing interrogations, he understands and has an an ability to connect with the person he's interviewing because, as Rod had said at one point, you know, 
my brother Patrick committed a murder, but he was also the same kid that he and I played G.I. Joe's together. Sure. So when he's interviewing these people, you know, I think one of the things about interviewing is that you you have to make the person feel that you're not being in judgment of them. Because if people feel judged, then, of course, they're less likely to, to, to give you a confession. And because Rod has been on both sides of the victim of violent crime and also uh, someone close to them, perpetrated a violent crime, I think he's able to he's able to have this connection with basically any any suspect that walks in the room with him. And I think this is what separates him uh, probably from any other homicide detective in the country. I would have to agree if your description based on what I saw as a viewer, I I just watched uh, several episodes myself and and uh, uh, several things I noticed. One, I wanted to keep watching more episodes. I was watching them uh, on demand, and there were several available. And um, so I kind of had a mini marathon, enjoyed several episodes. Um, and something I was uh, uh, very impressed with was your combination of of having an edge to your performance, but you do it at the appropriate moments because you also display a great deal of being subtle or um, – uh, with your demeanor and everything. And I was just wanting to uh, get your thoughts on when you portray the character dealing with that kind of balance in your scenes. Um, well, first of all, thank you for the, thank you for the kind of compliment. Um, Most welcome. You know, I, 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 I think the Rod is a, such a dynamic character uh, to portray and, you know, to play that, um, I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll say that, uh, you know, he, yeah, if I, if, if I've found the right balance, um, then I'll just say, Hey, maybe it's a, you know, in some levels it's a stroke of luck in some ways, Rod and I are very similar, uh, personality wise, um, I see. even background to some degree. So, um, as far as the investigative part of, like when people have commented on how comfortable I seem doing interviews in the interrogation scene, well, you know, I kind of have like, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit because I've done probably 1,500 to 2,000 interviews myself. So it is kind of, that part is kind of like secondhand for me. Um, but the other part, look, you know, Rod, you know, as a character, Rod is a combination of um, passion to get things solved and get justice for these families. Um, but there's also a level of empathy because he understands, you know, what it, what it, what it does to a family, what it does to a person to have a loved one snatched away senselessly in a violent crime. And so I think that's maybe the balance as an actor that I'm trying to, I'm trying to seek is the, the passion, but also um, the empathy, because he knows exactly when he goes to make a death notification or he sees the son or daughter uh, of, a, of a murder victim, he knows what that kid is feeling. He's sure. lived it, right? Yes. So. He, he, he knows um, firsthand how, uh, Absolutely. How, how difficult and, uh, you know, that can be to deal with such devastating and, and, and often shocking news uh, uh, for people that 
that, you know, learn about a, a loved one that's, uh, been a part of a violent crime or a violent situation. And, and I'm wondering, Carl mentioned to me, of course, he's been on Homicide Hunter, as you know, John, for several years, but yeah. he did tell me that portraying the character that he does and the kind of stories that he, uh, or that are on the episodes, knowing that they're true stories based on true stories, mm-hmm. just like uh, Murder mm-hmm. Chose Me, that, you know, often that wears uh, on him, it, it, it takes a toll on him. And not that he's complaining or anything, don't get me wrong, but that once the, uh, the, 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 the evening or the day's filming is over, you know, he says sometimes it stays with him for a long period of time, just knowing that this is an episode that was based on a real situation, that there was real victims out there. And I'm, I know that you're early into the process, but have you had any similar experiences yourself? Yeah, you know, uh, I think Carl is spot on with that because um, you do feel a reverence uh, when you're saying these lines because, look, you recognize that this is not, you know, a writer in Hollywood typing away and, and coming up with, you know, news kind of sna- uh, stories kind of snatched from the headlines, sort of. This is a real family. You know, this is a real death notification that Rod had to go to someone's family and, 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 you know, and say, so when I'm, when I'm acting and I'm, I'm delivering that line, it's with the same recognition and respect, um, and empathy. And of course, you know, it, it can't, it can't help, but stay with you. And I think that's part of getting into the character because I think these cases probably stay with Rod. How, how could they not? On some level, you know, he relates to these victims in these ways. And so you, you kind of carry that with you. So I, I can see how that happened. And let me just share with you from episode one, uh, the case was, uh, Tavia Sills. And it was about a, uh, a young woman who was 18 years old and five months pregnant and was murdered. Um, I had the unbelievable, uh, a chance to meet the mother of Tavia Sills. Uh, she came to an event. There was a screening event in, in Shreveport for, for Murder Chose Me. And I had an opportunity to meet her. Her name is Vicki Britton. And she came and, you know, she was so gracious and uh, talked about how she was really happy with the way her daughter's case was portrayed on the show and how she's now going out and speaking to groups of women of other uh, whose families have been affected by violent crime. And, you know, I, I met her. She gave me a, a, a photo of her daughter. And that case is like, is heavy in my heart, man, because I have a, I actually have a person to connect that with. And you know, if anyone who has children, who could imagine um, losing one's child to senseless crime, right? So... Sure. Yeah, it definitely has an it definitely has it definitely has an impact on you for sure. Absolutely. And getting back to what you mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh the uh, approach that you take in your scenes, you know, knowing when to have more of an edge or when to to mm-hmm. to, hold, to hold back. Uh you know, I was thinking how a really skilled homicide investigator or uh in a situation where you're 
either interrogating or you're just trying to get information from someone, just coming into a room and yelling, you know, that's going to have limited results. (laughs) I'm sure some people are going to cave under that pressure because they don't want to be yelled at and it's intimidating. But that's really not going to get the job done in the long run. Uh, to the extent that you're needing. So I noticed when an episode that I was watching uh, last night, uh, a, 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 a young man came in and your character was uh, already suspicious of him. And, you know, you were asking him a few questions and suddenly he kind of just started disrespecting uh, your character and just decided to get up and walk out and you stood up and you said, and I won't use the actual phrase, but you basically said, sit down and to see that shift Uh, and that's what i'm talking about i'm sure that rod knew when to 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 turn up the heat uh and 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 he also knew when to uh take the lighter approach Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean you know sometimes on television you know you'll see a show and you see the police officer the detective comes in and slams his fist on the desk and you're gonna tell me everything you know or you know, it, it just makes me laugh because having, you know, done interviews and knowing how that works, like everything you do in that room is about building rapport with that person, making yes. them feel comfortable, that you're not in judgment of them, that, you know, talking to you is going to be the best thing to help their situation. But like you come in and yell at someone and all you're going to do is get someone to shut down and pretty right. much going to be the end of the interview. Well, that's very true. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, you speak so highly of, of Rod, and it's very understandable. I, The more I learn about him, the more respect I have towards him uh, as a man mm-hmm. and all that he all that he has accomplished. And uh, I have to tip my, my hat to him for, for all of those accomplishments. Uh, I'm just wondering. Have you spent much time with him? Uh, have you had a lot of heart to heart talks? Yeah, you know when I when I first uh, found out that I booked the role, uh, first thing I did is I got his number and I wanted to call him and tell him, you know, I was thrilled to be playing him, but I also wanted to, you know, hear his voice and talk because I I'd seen videos and stuff. Uh, so we had a really great first conversation and i was oh i was wondering as i'm dialing his number i'm wondering if it's going to be some you know awkward silences or whatever but we really did have a connection the first time um we spoke that's great and we had a chance to meet in uh in knoxville tennessee which is where we shoot the show yes he came down and we we had a chance to go out to dinner and really connected um while we were out and then uh, I went to Shreveport for uh, two of the premieres that were done there, and I actually stayed at Rod's house. And so then we really had a chance to bond. And like I do, I just like this guy. Uh, you know, sometimes you meet you meet people in life, and you just connect with them, and you think, ah, hey, you know what? I probably just met someone that will probably be my friend uh, for a long time. You know, um, and so yeah, I'm just blessed to have that kind of connection with him, you know? So if I speak highly of him, it's, uh, it's genuine and sincere. Well, I, I can certainly uh, pick up on that. And uh, no doubt he's very uh, impressed with your performance. And uh, so uh, let me ask you as an actor. So mm-hmm. go back to when you're just about to take this uh, role. You know, actors feel a certain responsibility towards their characters. But when you portray a real life individual, 
how does that change your approach? Do you feel, <laughs> do you feel a certain, uh, uh, sense of, of duty? I mean, is it magnified because you know you're stepping into the shoes, big shoes yeah, I, of, of an individual? And you know, like I, it, it was, it was a little daunting at first, um, because you're right. Most, most times people portray people, that person is usually deceased. And so you don't have them kind of looking over your shoulder, you know? Um, so I was worried that, you know, maybe Rod is going to look and think, ah, you know, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't walk like that. I wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be my reaction. And we were shooting in Knoxville and, uh, Rod came to the set and, and, and here's what's like hilarious because on, a, on another day of shooting, the network executives had come down from New York to watch, um, to watch one of the episodes being shot. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, when network executives are there, everyone is kind of like a little nervous and there's the buzz. <laughs> I was more, I was 10 times more nervous that Rod was on set <laughs> than uh, <laughs> I was when the network executives were, right? And so, like, you know, he was there for a while, and right. I was doing the thing, working. Uh, and then I looked around, and I saw he was gone, and I asked, and, I, and they said he left. And I was thinking, oh, my God, thank God. You know, because you're, you're, you're wondering, like, what is the person, you're portraying this person. Right. They want to be an accurate representation of them. And you, you know, you don't know if you're hitting the mark, but about uh, 20 minutes after Rod left, he sent me a text message and it said, um, I, and I, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but basically I could not uh, think of a better place person on earth that I would want to see play me than you. And like, oh, that wow. was such a vote of confidence wow. and buoyed my you know, feeling about what I was doing from that point on, I felt like, cool, I know I'm, I, I know I'm, I know I'm doing the right thing. And then I've just never looked back from, from that point on. Congratulations on that. That's, you know, that's, uh, no doubt a big relief to you. You probably, now you probably feel much more comfortable just having heard such a, a, a response from, from him. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and, since then, I've had offers. I've gotten messages from, you know, detectives that have worked with Rod, and uh-huh. uh, you know, they they talk about how eerie it is, uh, how close I am to him in, in, in terms of the portrayal. So, of course, those things just make you feel, uh, you know, good that that you're doing the right thing as an actor, and that you're, you know, you're going in the right direction. But of course, you know, the opportunities to get better are always there. So you're always going to keep always going to keep striving to, you know, find areas where you can improve. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, John. Uh, that's, um, that's very interesting. And, and once again, congratulations. That really speaks volumes of your, uh, your skill and, and your commitment to, uh, do the absolute, uh, best portrayal that you can do of this fine gentleman. Thank you. Well, you're most welcome. And, uh, I, I know that Homicide Hunter films, a lot of episodes at at night. Um, I'm mm-hmm. just wondering, though. I, I was watching uh, Murder Chose Me, and I noticed, uh, sure, there were some evening uh, uh, scenes, but I noticed a lot of daytime scenes as well. So are you dealing kind of with a daytime, nighttime, kind of a mixture of, of a filming schedule? Oh, man, absolutely. And I think when I first, uh, when I first showed up in, um, in Knoxville, uh, you know, you – 
you typically on a Monday is a interior shoot day. So you would shoot kind of like all the interior stuff, interrogations, and then, um, you know, any of the scenes in the offices and stuff that's usually shot on a Monday. And then the rest of the week is all stuff that's out on location. And so of course, you know, that could be, you know, the next day your call time might be 9 a.m. And then the following day, your call time is um, 6 p.m. And then you're working until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And then all of this, in addition to the fact that I'm coming from the West Coast and I'm already on three-hour time difference. And so you really can get, uh, your body can get screwed up uh, from the time zone thing pretty quickly. I bet it can. And, um, you know, John, uh, uh, Knoxville is a city that I once lived in back in the 90s for several years, and I met so many wonderful people down there, people that are still very dear to my heart, really good friends, and um, I really enjoyed my time there. Even though I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, I greatly enjoyed my time in Knoxville. But it's interesting to me that Homicide Hunter is also filmed in Knoxville. And I'm wondering... uh why do you think Knoxville is so appealing to the network as far as filming? I'm sure that um, cost has a great deal to do with it, but you also have to have the right background and the right setup. And I'm just wondering, yeah, yeah. what do you think it is about Knoxville that's so appealing filming-wise? Well, I think what it is is the it's, – it's not the network. It's the production company, Jupiter Entertainment. Um, has their corporate headquarters in Knoxville. And they also have an office in, in New York City, but their main corporate office is in Knoxville, Tennessee. So just logistically, as far as all the production stuff and the studio in Knoxville that we shoot as far as all the office stuff um, goes. So just logistically, it just makes, it, Knoxville just makes sense. It does. That makes perfect sense. And, um, uh, of course, I know Knoxville well. I know that you've got a. I'm sure you've noticed this. You've got lots of trees, but you've got the city. You've got you've got all kinds of variety. Right. So it's really good for filming. Well, and what's interesting is, and when I went to Shreveport, I remember riding around with Rod and remarking to him how similar um, it looks to Knoxville. Like you're driving, and literally, you could be out in, in you know on a yeah. road driving, and the houses and stuff look. Uh-huh. I mean, it looks pretty close. You wow. Almost can't tell the difference. You know, the other thing I forgot to mention, the other thing about, um, about filming in Knoxville is that, you know, Atlanta is only, I think three and a half hours away. So you've yes. got proximity to a, a really large talent pool of actors um, Absolutely. that come up to work, to work on the show. So that, that helps as well. And it is, I mean, there's also a lot of good actors in Knoxville, but Atlanta, of course, being a bigger city, they have uh, a lot of talent to pull from. And it's interesting because when I, I used to live in, uh, I used to live in Atlanta. I lived there for a couple of years, and I, actually, where I started acting. And in my acting class, um, when we did one of the episodes, it'll think it'll air not this week, but next week. One of the actors from my acting class, this guy named Sean uh, Nixon. Turned out to be in one of the episodes. I hadn't seen him in like nine or ten years, and here he is. On, uh, <laughs> That's on great. And so this is an acting class that you're currently taking now. No, 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 no. This was an acting class that I was taking when I lived in when I lived in Atlanta. This is I see what you're like saying. Two thousand and maybe two thousand and three. Gotcha. 2002. It's been a while. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> hey, that's great. That's great. 
Well, uh, I wanted to uh, – well, first of all, I want to say how much I'm enjoying learning more about you and the show. And thanks again so so much for being here uh, this evening, sure. John. And I was thinking as I'm watching this show, you know, uh, I, I was thinking about the experiences that this gentleman experienced at a very young age. You mentioned it earlier in the program uh, in a violent crime situation. And then his brother – Many years later, and you know, I'm wondering, obviously this had a, a tremendous impact on his life. I mean, obviously, no doubt about it, but I'm wondering if there is a similarity between this gentleman and Lieutenant Joe Kenda in the sense that in a way they're sort of married to their jobs because they're so deeply invested and maybe mm-hmm. in, 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 on your show and in this situation, it has a lot to do with that that loss and that hurt, and wanting to be a part of it in, in, in a way that you know where where a voice for justice can be can be heard. Um, do you feel that uh, he that Rod was 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 basically living and breathing his job, or I mean, did he? know how to walk away from it when he wasn't working or, or what are your thoughts? Yeah. On that? I, I think Rod would be the first one to tell you that, uh, I think he even said this in one of the episodes. He said he was, he was married um, yes. to the job and like everything else in his life was like a mistress because, uh, the job became all consuming for him. And, you know, he would say, he, he can't multitask that if he's focused on something, he's focused on that almost to the exclusion of everything else. And I think when he was working these cases, literally nothing else mattered, no relationships or nothing. It was kind of like this, this driven passion. Um, so I don't think he ever really knew how to walk away from it. Um, now that he's retired from the, from the, um, police department but he's still working for the uh he's still working for the district attorney's office as a homicide detective so i think when rod is able to walk away from it is when he's fully retired from the police department but i think as while he's doing it i just think the job is just all consuming for him sure and i'll tell you what i'm sure you've noticed this john when you're if you're watching a movie or a television show and let's say the um investigator or the the detective if you see a character that's described like you just described him, they're kind of married to the job and they're deeply invested. It's it's like their entire life. Those are very fascinating characters to me because you know that 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 they care, that they are invested. They're not just going through the right. motions. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, um and 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 think about the think about the job. Like think about what what these folks do for a living every day. Think about the things that they see. Think about the yes. the people that they have to interview and come in contact with. You know, that has to take a toll on you psychologically in one way, in one way or in one way or another. Um, and it's you know, on some in some levels, the job is glamorized on television, and but the reality of what these folks do day in and day out, man. It, it's a really tough job, and you've got to be a special individual to be able to do this. And uh, before we wrap up here, I just have a few more quick questions for you, John, if you don't mind. Um, 
and again, I know that you're early into this uh, this show, but uh, have you noticed on certain episodes? Have you come across uh, other characters, let's say, um, that committed crimes where they really just don't care that they did what they did? In other words, no sense of regret or remorse. And I noticed mm-hmm. that Carl mentioned, of course, there are characters that are full of regret. Maybe they did something in the heat of the moment or there's other factors. But, you know, those people that just um, – they, they don't have remorse for what they did. They're only sorry that they got caught. And I didn't know if you've noticed, um, you know, being a part of episodes like that so far. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that. We had one episode recently where – a retired grandmother was leaving a casino uh, in Shreveport one night and um, a woman came up and slit her throat and tried to push her into the trunk of her own car and then pushed her into the back seat. And while Rod was doing the interview, the woman who committed the murder was saying that uh, the woman who she, she, whose throat she cut in the back seat was gurgling on her own blood, and her response to that was to turn up the radio so that she didn't have to hear it anymore. I see. And she drove around with this woman in the back seat. You know, the woman was a retired nurse. She's got mm-hmm. her carotid artery is cut, and she knows she's going to bleed out. She's begging for help to go to a hospital, and the woman driving just turns up the radio. And Rod interviewed her, and I think Rod said that later in the show, He's interviewed a lot of killers, but he's never heard someone with that much callousness for for someone's life. And that man, it's, even you know, filming that and then watching that, that kind of that that left a mark on me. Like my my goodness, we're not even talking. That's not even a human. Right. That's not even a human response. Absolutely, and that's what we discussed earlier. Is just how that stays with you, and and that obviously a very disturbing situation. And it's hard for us to put our minds around that and, and, and as human beings to, to, to see someone suffering and, and to, and, and to, you know, not care or, uh, to, you know, to turn the other way. So, um, no doubt, I'm sure you'll come across even more upsetting, you know, scenarios and situations, but you're certainly portraying the character with a lot of dignity. And, uh, I think you're doing an outstanding job. Thank you. Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate that. Well, you are most welcome, John. And I, I once again, I want to thank you for being a guest. I, I do have a final question for you. Sure. And that would be, you know, the journey of an actor it takes a lot of commitment and, and, and hard work and training and, and um, all of those things come into play uh, down the road. And uh, as you know, John, sometimes people just throw in the towel because it can be, uh, <laughs> it can take a, it can take a lot of effort and, and it can take a lot of time. And there's no guarantees, as you know. But in your situation, here you are doing an outstanding job on this, uh, this, uh, fine new program, uh, Murder Chose Me. Uh, when you think back on your journey to this point, you know, uh, how does that make you feel? Man, well, listen, um, there were so many times between the time I moved to Los Angeles in 2005 and, uh, and when I finally booked the role on this job that I, I thought, what am I doing? I want to quit. Any actor who's ever been in the business 
who hasn't thought that probably hasn't been doing it long enough. But the thing is about uh, persevering. And I also think equally as important, it's about your training because um, so many people, whether it's Los Angeles or New York, you know, they show up, they have a headshot and now they're an actor and they want to start going out on auditions. But, you know, acting is kind of one of, one of the only arts that people think they can do it just based on like watching someone do something. You know, you no one thinks they can sing opera without taking opera lessons. No one thinks they can dance <laughs> ballet without doing, right. you know, years of ballet practice, but people think they can act without doing any of the training. And so I, I, I you know, for me, it was train as much as I could to learn as much about the business, the craft of acting, and then persevere so that I'll hopefully have an opportunity. And when the opportunity does come and I step in that room, you know, that's where an opportunity to show where your years of training come in. And uh, I would just say to actors who are starting out or who are on the journey, you know, if you stay with it, chances are you will get an opportunity. But when you get that opportunity, uh, you better make sure you make the most of it. And, and that's where the that's where the training comes in. It's like in sports, you know, you sit on the end of the bench and then just at the most improbable time, the coach calls your number and you either go in and sync up the joint or light it up for 25 points. And they're like, well, where did this person come from? Well, he's been there all along, just waiting for a shot. That's an excellent answer. I really enjoyed uh, listening to you uh, uh, share that with us. And I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. Well, John, do you uh, uh, what evening does this air on the uh, the network? It comes on uh, every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. nine central on Investigation Discovery. All right, and like I mentioned earlier, if you happen to miss it, uh, most likely it'll be available on demand. I know where I'm at. Uh, there's several episodes available, so uh, people should keep that in mind if they happen to miss an episode or. They're just discovering the show. And, John, I want to wish you uh, all the the best success and keep up the excellent work and uh, much respect and admiration for both you and the, the the true life gentleman that you portray as well. Thank you. Oh, one second, Steve. I cannot, uh, cannot go off the air without – without doing this um sure we rod and i have a uh rod and i have a, a murder chose me fan club i think right now we have over 2300 people are in it great and i just want to give a uh, a shout out to them they are let me tell you the the murder chose me fan club these guys are the most loyal vocal supportive <laughs> fans great that any show could possibly ask for so i just want to give a shout out to them and tell them uh, thank you for spreading the word about about the show well that's great i'm glad you mentioned that so uh for anybody out there who would like to check that out uh, i strongly recommend that and um uh, thank you so much john for just a wonderful and very informative interview and i certainly hope that you will uh return to the show one day Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, and it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, and we'll get ready for our final guest tonight in just a moment. Uh, my deepest thanks and admiration goes out to uh, my guest, John Nicholson. It was a pleasure to speak with him. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. 
That is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.